0: Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski here once again for another week of Growing in Grace, just a short 14-minute podcast to squeeze into your busy schedule and keep you focused and reminded on the good news. You know, sometimes Peter told us, you know, the, uh, not to forget about these, these great qualities that have been poured into us from being a partaker of the divine nature. And so we, we've got this new identity in Christ as a believer in Him, and we're, we're, we've already had all of these things imparted into us by the grace of God. It's not something we worked for, not something we've earned. We've got all this stuff. But Peter went on to say, "Don't don't forget that you got this stuff. You you are qualified, and and you have got virtue and and knowledge and love and self control and all kinds of other things that come from God. These are yours, but." Uh, Because if you forget you have these things, you might even forget that you're forgiven. So uh, Peter sometimes said, we just just need to remind ourselves about these things. So this is your little reminder for the week here on Growing in Grace, Joel.
1: (laughs) And you know what else is good news? It's that I'm sitting down this week. (laughs) Man, that was tiring last week, standing up for the whole podcast. I just couldn't do it. To keep you standing
0: up, we're gonna to have to put some bacon that you won't oh, be able yes. to get to unless yes. you can stand up and get it.
1: Oh man, you you know what? I thought you might have been saying, you know, when they had to prop up Moses, you know, back when he had his. <laughs> and I thought you were gonna say something smart like that, but I'm like, you said bacon. I'm like, I'm I'll stand up anytime. Yeah. Maybe that's how Mo- you know, it's not recorded,
0: but maybe that's what got Moses to stay standing up. I don't know. I don't know. I think that he might have been, been uh, sneaking some.
1: I th- yeah, I was going to say, that would have been against the law of Moses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he would have been against himself. But, you know, that's that's what the law does. It tells other people what to do while we... Well, we don't follow through. Well, that's but, right, and, uh, and,
1: and, and I did say it's good news that I'm sitting down, and I thought, as I was saying that, I thought, you know what, it's true. You know, in the Old Covenant, you know, the priest stood daily ministering in the temple, but Jesus Christ, when he had done the work that he was sent to do and finished it, finished the perfect work, he sat down. And he is our high priest who sat down, meaning that the work is done. So the work for our justification, righteousness, sanctification, and everything is done. It's a done deal. All we need to do is believe it, receive it, and walk in it. And uh, well, walk in it. You know, as we're sitting, of course, (laughs) but (laughs) but but you know, as we go about our daily lives, I think everyone knows what I mean. That as you were saying, Peter says we have these things. These things are already true of us. So that's good news. And so that well, I you know, there were some things that I think you wanted to start off with here.
0: Oh yeah, well. You just mentioned good news. It's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot here because that, that's really what gospel means. And going back to last week's program, Joel, uh, we were talking about some things that can be easily confused. Uh, we didn't get into a lot of specifics about things Jesus said or misinterpretations that could occur sometimes, especially when there's confusion about the two covenants, the old covenant and the new covenant that people try to mix together and make a doctrine out of. But my exhortation to our, our listeners out there is this, if, if you feel like you're picking up the Bible and it doesn't feel like good news to you, if you feel like you're reading something that's against you or making you feel worse than before you picked up the Bible, then you're probably misinterpreting something. Because one thing that got me excited, and it was many years after I became a Christian, but one thing that got me excited about being able to pick up the Bible and read it was number one, I could just read it when I wanted to. There was no daily requirement for me to read it. But when I did pick it up to read, and the same is true today, I'm excited about it because what I'm looking for now is all this good news that I found out came through Christ, and he did it for me. That's why we do this podcast. We, We can't get enough of this stuff. So who would want to pick up the Bible and read it if you were going to feel worse than before you picked it up? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So when you're feeling those kinds of things or you're confused about something that makes you feel like God's jumping on you about something, then you're probably missing the point or misinterpreting what's being said.
1: Yeah, that's right. Jesus did come preaching the old covenant in, in a lot of his earthly ministry. And what the old covenant was, was bad news. Paul called it the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation. He called it bondage. He said that the law was there to make people guilty. And Jesus came with a purpose to minister that covenant because that covenant had a purpose it was to lead to the good news. It was to lead to the gospel. It was to lead to faith. Galatians talks about that. And so when you are reading your Bible, as as Cap was saying there, and you see things that don't appear to be good news, then that's not the gospel. You know, certain words of Jesus that people get tripped up on are not the good news. It's a matter of him preaching the Old Covenant to people who were under it for the purpose of leading them to faith. And so, you know, cap it's it's really easy to see why why some people do, you know, misunderstand these things and and why that happens. And it's it's why, you know, a lot of the words that Jesus said, it it seems that Jesus is saying that there's something that we need to do in order to be saved and to maintain our salvation. Because you see that certain things that Jesus said and people will say, "See, Jesus said that" And so since he said that, that means that we're supposed to keep it. Again, not realizing, like what you were saying before, that there are two covenants, and we can't mix the two together. One led to the other, but then the old covenant passed away, and uh, the new one is the one that we're under, the one that is good news, the one that is the gospel of grace. The other problem
0: we have, Joel, is that we have people who are making the assumption that everything Jesus said was meant for them in a personal way. When at times, Jesus was specifically ministering to those Jewish people under that old covenant law that we are not under. So right. that's just something else to keep in mind. But So when Jesus came beginning to preach the good news even though sometimes he would still even administer it through the law not always but on occasion because the the law and the prophets were proclaimed until john the baptist and then jesus came on the scene and started pointing toward the good news the new covenant had not begun yet the sacrifice had not been completed yet but he was beginning to minister good news Sometimes he did it indirectly, like what we're talking about, mm-hmm. and sometimes it did leave people guessing at what Jesus was getting at. I mean, even even the people who were closest to Jesus didn't understand. And And you can go back and read how many times did Jesus talk about dying and rising from the dead. And it just went over the heads of the disciples. They didn't get it at all. And after Jesus did rise from the dead... I don't want to say he, he scolded them, but he, he did kind of jump on them a little bit. Like, how can you be so blind? <laughs> D- didn't you know that the scriptures said that this, you know, and, and then, he would, then he would go on to teach them what the Old Covenant said and the Law of the Prophets and the Psalms, and they were all about him. And so there were times or even sometimes where Jesus seemed to be speaking plainly and people sometimes still didn't, still get, didn't it. get it. <laughs> yeah. So, so but, but he came preaching to the Jewish people under the law and, and he said, repent and believe the good news. And so people automatically make the assumption here that repent means we're supposed to turn from our sin. That's all these people were trying to do under the law. For those who were adhering to the law, they were full of sin consciousness because there was a reminder of it all the time with the continuous sacrifice and all the rule keeping, uh, you know, washing hands before you eat and just, I mean, the list goes on, hundreds and hundreds of rules and laws to try to follow. These people were trying to avoid sin, but it it always led them right back into it because that was the purpose of the law. And so, when Jesus wasn't just saying, you know, stop sinning and believe the good news. Because if repent just means turn from your sin, then Jesus had it backwards, if that's what repent means, then Jesus said, stop sinning, turn from that, get your life cleaned up, and then believe in me. Is, isn't that backwards, Joel?
1: Right, and that's not good news. <laughs> no, you know, of course that was, it's not. That was the ministry of the law. As we said, that was the ministry of death, condemnation, guilt, bondage. And so you're right. I mean, that, that word repent, you know, so many people do carry with it the, the meaning of change your behavior, but it, it can't be. You know, Why would Jesus say repent and believe the good news if, if what he's asking people to do isn't good news? <laughs> you know, the good news is the gospel of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so all that we have in Christ— is given to us as a gift, not through anything that we do, and that includes our sanctification. People use this word, well, now that you've come to Christ, you need to get working on sanctification. They'll say it's a free gift— Uh, But then it's (laughs) as soon as they get you in, then all of a sudden it's well, now you got to start working at it. You got to start doing all these things. And so this so called sanctification becomes a work that we're supposed to perform. But the scriptures say that sanctification is something that's actually already true of us. We've already been sanctified, we've already been brought into Christ. You know, Hebrews 10, you know, by this will, by the will of God that Jesus Christ accomplished, that He completed, by this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. For by one offering, He has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. We are sanctified in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, if we go about reading various things that Jesus said, and it looks like there's something that we need to do in order to be sanctified, then we've we've really missed uh, the differences between the two covenants, and we've gone back into the old covenant method of trying to be sanctified rather than receiving the gift of sanctification through Jesus Christ.
0: Yes, the the legal eagles will tend to think that salvation and, and sanctification are, are two different things, and I'm not going to argue with that, but they are similar in this. They, they, they came by faith, and they, they are free gifts that came through Jesus Christ salvation by faith sanctification really isn't any different than that but some will have you believe that salvation is a gift but we have to work at being sanctified and being perfected and 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 polished and and improve our holiness and be set apart and that's just not true. What Joel read out of Hebrews there was the fact that we have been sanctified by the will of God through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, and Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, so that no man may boast before God by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. So we can't have sanctification outside of what God did in Jesus on our behalf. You just can't.
1: Right. And, and the word sanctification anyway means set aside. The word sanctification itself doesn't mean that I'm not sinning. It, it means that I'm set aside. Now, part of that sanctification means that I've been freed from sin, and that's a good thing. But the fact that I've been sanctified. you know The fact that we've been sanctified, we've been set aside, God has set us aside to himself. That's really what sanctification means. It's, it's not a work that we can do. It's not anything that we can attempt or uh, try to do to please God, because he, as these uh, two verses that we've read here, and there's much more about that in the scriptures, of course, But it's a work that he has done. God has done it himself. And we simply are are the beneficiaries of it. And we walk in it by his grace, through faith, through trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that kind of leads me to what we're uh, talking about next week. Grace through faith. Is that enough? There's some people who think that there's something we need to add to it. Like works and stuff. And specifically, if we had to add works, what would those works be? (laughs) Is grace through faith enough? Next week on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org
0: This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace